0: Welcome to From the Shed End, episode 77. With myself, T Dart, and Theo, how are you doing? Like I'm getting
1: used to saying on this podcast, Chelsea aside, I'm doing good. Thanks. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, the usual. I mean, we're going to get on to, to Chelsea, but it's becoming the usual. It's becoming the common theme. Um, Chelsea ruining the weekends again. The World Cup is non existent. We're back to familiar sort of territory in terms of that. But um, before we get into all the stuff that we usually get into on an episode, please go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, also, Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well for any podcasts that you want to go back and listen to. Maybe some of the, the happier times as a Chelsea fan, you know, the Night in Porto, they're all on there, so make sure you go and check those out as well. And also, if you hit the link tree link in the description, it will take you straight to the social accounts as well so let's get straight into it for you let's go <laughs> where do we start let's let's try and start on the game i mean i did as i said i had done a video earlier on this morning i didn't really talk about the game just had a real mad rant about just everything that seems to be going wrong at chelsea but i don't know if you want to summarize or just give your your views on the game and how it went and um, yeah what were your thoughts
1: uh, I'll start off with what I thought was positive, not just the game, but just the kind of Chelsea, the Man City versus Chelsea fixture as a whole. But um, I thought the away fans were brilliant. They were really vocal, really classy. And, you know, they did. They played their part supporting the team and they really were the 12th man there, despite the result and the performance of the players. I thought the second positive was the tribute to Gianluca Viali. I think that was brilliant. Um, you know, in the ninth minute, singing his name. And also the the number nine on the back of the players' warm-up shirts. That was a really nice gesture and a really classy tribute as well. Um, maybe a third positive I can think of is Lewis Hall and um, Bashir Humphreys. I thought they they looked good, particularly, you know, throwing in Bashir Humphreys into his his Chelsea debut, his senior debut in a fixture against Man City is never gonna be easy. And he didn't look too out of place, I wanna say. It was a very tricky game for him, but he didn't look too out of place. And I thought there were there were a lot of positives from his performance. Uh, let's talk about the actual game in itself, because I thought it was probably one of the most embarrassing fixtures of the season. I think it really was. It just, I think like you said on WhatsApp, you go 1-0 down in what was an avoidable tackle. Um, but as soon as Mara is in that angle from, you know, the free kick, you know he's going to put it on target. And I think that's much Kepa could do. The second goal, the penalty, it was just clumsy from Havertz. It was just really clumsy. You can tell it's a striker trying to defend that ball. He just doesn't even know where he's, he's closing his eyes. He's not looking at the ball. He's just throwing his arms up. And it was a silly um, free um, penalty to give away. Um, again, Kepa unlucky not to, to save that one because uh, he got a hand to it. And, you know, he seemed to psych the opponent up. But, but then this is what really frustrated me. You go 2-0 down, you expect a reaction. You expect a bit of something from the players. And this is what you told me on WhatsApp, which was very, very accurate and true. There was no fight, nothing from the players after going 2-0 down. You could just tell that we weren't looking like we were going to score. And if anything, Man City were going to get a further fourth and maybe even a fifth. It just didn't really look like we were going to ever score. And how can you score when you don't even have a shot on target? I don't think we had a single shot on target in that first half. And the only shot I can think of in the second half was the deflected Mason Mount effort, which went out for a corner and then I saw, it's just it's shocking. And then I saw a heat map of how how often we touched the ball around the pitch. It was just so focused around Keper and the centre backs and the, the the wing backs, but or the the full backs. Not once was there kind of a you know a, a marked red zone around the midfield area of the opponent's half of the pitch, which goes to show that we can't drive the ball up the pitch with our with our midfielders. And there's just no way that we look like we haven't even penetrated into the opponent's box. I think there was a moment the players were on the edge of the City box and then all of a sudden the ball ends up back with Kepa, Chiloba, uh, Humphreys and, and Koulibaly. How do you expect us to score goals if we're just going to have all this possession? I know that's how Potter wants to play with a lot of the ball, but we're doing nothing with the ball. Absolutely nothing. It was just, it was shocking to see.
0: I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think in years I've watched a first half as bad. I know Leeds, Leeds United was bad, but I can't remember. I, I I watched that game yesterday and if someone asked me what the game plan was, what what was our intentions going into? I just, I don't know if the players just don't get the messages from Potter or whoever's delivering. You know, I've heard that Potter's is not really involved in training and he's, you know, he's, he's there, but he's not, he's, the, other, the coaches around him that are doing and taking the day-to-day training if that's true then it kind of shows because if he's there and he's, he's not there on the day-to-day that will resonate with the players when he when he gets into that dressing room and they're try, he's trying to give a team talk they're probably not even listening to him the way they play it's like they don't listen to the manager whatever they're, whatever they're told on a day-by-day training ground you know, at Cobham they go on the pitch and it's almost like it's like they just don't have a plan there was no plan. There was no plan of attack. There was no transitions of the ball. There was nothing. We weren't even trying to work the spaces. I mean, at times, you know, City were leaving space behind them to run into. It was nothing. It was nothing whatsoever. And this is probably, and I get what people are saying and I, I, I'm, I'm sort of just still at that sort of I'm on the ceiling moment at, right now. So I'm just talking and it's just coming out. But there's no this is nothing from the players. There's nothing from Mm. Potter. I mean, I've been at games, you've been at games, Potter's just sat down or he's just stood there. There's no, there's no animate. And you don't have to be an animated manager. You don't have to be the Mikel Arteta, you know, walking halfway down the pitch screaming. You don't have to do that, but show something or, you know, trust the process is what I keep hearing, but there's no process to trust at the moment. There's no plan. There's nothing. I, I don't see how this team and yes there's injuries there's there's factor in that as well but are we really saying you know just all those in i mean some some of the players that I'm, i've been spoken about are the players that people are telling me need to leave the club that are injured so i just mm. don't i don't see where we come we can we can go from from here in my opinion i thought the game i t- sorry to touch on some of your points mm. but you know Humphreys looked really good i thought he was a good solid performance from him you know lewis hall i felt sorry for because he's he's on that left side and there was no help for him he's got he had uh i think it was mares he had um carl walker to cope with on his own he was exposed he should not have been that exposed and you know i'm all for lewis hall starting but it's unfair on him to expect him to play against the two players that he had to come up against against Man City, so I just think it's poor. Um, I think it's poor. You know, it's I don't know, man. Yeah, stick potter in the shed. Um, yeah, I, I mean, to talk to about Graham Potter because he did change things at half time in that game. You know, he took he took off Kovacic and. It shows how much I was paying attention by half time, but he took off two players of yeah. at half time. Didn't really change anything, but it's just I mean I'm gonna ask the obvious question here, but does does Potter have the right to, to to still have the fans backing? I mean the fans were calling for Thomas Tuchel yesterday, chanting for Roman Abramovich. I don't necessarily agree with that because no. you know you back the manager that's in charge and you know, gotta give him time. Is what I'm being told, but uh, what what has part Graham Potter? I mean, this is the team that Graham Potter should be able to at least get. You know, the team can't string two passes together. We should be doing that at least, bare minimum. We should be getting shots on target. Is this Graham Potter, or is it the players that have sort of down tools already, mentally checked out? What, what do you think happens with the way that Graham Potter started, as opposed to what's happened now? I mean. Was it one win in eight now? Seven?
1: I think it's one win in ten domestic fixtures. Um, The win against Bournemouth. And then you have to go back to, I think, Aston Villa mid-October time for our last domestic victory. Um, Listen, first thing I want to say is I'm fed up of seeing Chelsea fans post about Tuchel on Twitter, on Instagram, on chanting his name, This because that's the past and we need to forget about the past and focus on the present. Like chanting Tuchel's name and posting a picture of him holding the Champions League trophy is not going to you know make performances any better and what will make performances better is if we just kind of focus on what we can do to make as as Chelsea fans or kind of players that we can look into that can make this current um, squad better um but I do agree with you um I want to back Potter I want to give him a full season to kind of implement his you know style of players system but there's just nothing there that's showing me that you know it's to back the process or to stay optimistic and like you said we can't even put two passes together every single player seems to lose the ball whether it's J- J- Jorginho or Koulibaly um, I do want to give him the, ben- the benefit of the doubt and say a lot of injuries um, have played a part you looked at the 60 minutes we had with Rhys James against Bournemouth and all of a sudden we didn't it almost looked like we knew how to play football again but um, but then again, we can't be relying on a single player. Um, and that's kind of the board's fault to not give him the backup options in the summer. We knew ask you know he doesn't. He looks weak on the overlap. He gets caught out of possession easily. Um, the board decided to give him a new contract when the option for him to leave, you know, as a hero and go to Barcelona was there in the summer. And I always have Aspeliqueter as a legend with Chelsea. But when I see him play now, he just groans every time he gets run past whether it's Carl Walker or someone else, and he just doesn't look like. Yeah, the we used to love and we, you know, we've grown to adore as Chelsea fans. Um, I've been reading that we, we could be linked for I think 15 million for this Croatian right back, which we mentioned on the previous episode. That's an option. But it just seems that like every time we have problems, we kind of, you know, the solution seems to be buy a player to fix it. We need to stop doing that because clearly, you know, a lot of the players we signed in the summer haven't fixed our problems, whether that be Kukurela, Obama Yang Sterling. If anything, we've just gone worse. But I say we've gone worse, but I genuinely think if it's, Potter or Tuko in the dugout on on Sunday, maybe Tuco loses 3-0 and Potter loses 4-0. It's very, it's a marginal, it's a marginal difference. But Tuco's not doing much better with the current squad he has and a current, you know, crop of players. And until I see these group of players, you know, playing for the badge like Gianluca Vialli would have. And I've seen a lot of players, you know, talk about how Jan Gianlu- uh, fans talk about how Vialli would have been disgusted by that performance. And I think Frank LeBeuf said something similar criticizing the likes of Mount, Jorginho and those players. Until I see these players actually you know, show some hunger and some passion and actually play for the badge then I don't think we'll be picking up any points anytime soon. So the players need a real good shake-up but Potter's got to kind of, like you said, tactically he needs to do something on the training ground or motivate them at half time or be a bit more animated in a dugout but until that happens I just don't see any kind of reason to be optimistic and trust this process right now.
0: And I, f- I think know a lot of Chelsea fans just a quick comment there from the sports capital you know just give him till the summer window you know I've always I've always said I want to give him two summer windows I want I want to see what he can do in that process but (coughs) excuse me but to, (coughs) to get to that point you've got to do something now you've got to show me something now that you are the man to do that he isn't doing it there's nothing that I mean, the post is Oli. He reminds me so much of Ollie. I said it in the video i have done this morning. There's nothing from, I mean, Potter, 15th and 16th with Brighton. And I think he got a top 10 finish, 51 points. Is that really the blueprint we want to be following? I get the, the team that he, he had attacking football. He had the brilliant you know, team with Trossard and Pascal Gross and Lewis Dunk was brilliant for him. And you know they didn't have a striker. So there's the same problem he had at Brighton. He's now got at Chelsea anyway because they could score goals. That was one of the things that Brighton struggled with goals. I just think of all the blueprints you wanted to sort of follow and this is, I'm talking Todd Bowley and whoever else has come in. You've got Man City's model. People saying, look at Arteta. To me, Arteta's model's not mature enough to even follow yet. We don't know if they're going to win the league. They could bottle the league and end up third or fourth. So, good model, but let's see it through first before we start clapping it and raving about Arteta's model. But well, you look at Liverpool's model, worked for a couple of seasons. Just, they just didn't maintain it because they haven't got the recruitment in midfielders and you know, selling Mane. And You could come off with Diaz and it could come off with Nunes, but Brighton's model's not one that strikes me as brilliant. You know, they've done all right under Chris Houghton. It's not a model I think is really that good to, to, to get rid of Petachet, to get rid of Mina R- 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 Skyle, to get rid of Bruce Buck immediately, not to leave them in, in charge temporarily for a period of time, which is what you would tend to do if you was coming in something new. Get rid of all your staff and then bring in apprentices or bring in new people and say, right, you need to make sure you can get this done straight away. That, just, that doesn't work. <laughs> so the recruitment, I mean, we spent 360 million already. And I'm I'm still hearing people say to me, we've got to bring in players. Mm. Just spent 360 million since Boley took charge. He's only been here. He hasn't been here a year. It's uh, it's worrying. I I get that players need to leave. You know, there's talk about Mason Mount getting a new contract. I'm going to be honest. I don't think Mason Mount is Chelsea level. uh, He's a Cobham graduate. I I love him, but he's not the level that we need because he's not, you know, we talk about Cobham's finest, Reese James Cobham's finest uh, when he's, when he's fit. Nisan Mal, I don't... If you ask me what's his best attribute, I can not tell you. I don't, I, what, what does he do? Kai Havertz. What, do, what does Kai Havertz actually do? Jorginho. I mean, how is he still getting games? How can he get a game above, you know... And, I, I'm lost for words. I really am. I don't understand how... And I, I like Jorginho. I think he's brilliant. You know, he's been a brilliant player for us in and out. But they're not consistent. And we've always said this team needs consistency. It needs quality, quality and depth and it needs consistency and it hasn't got either of those things at the moment. You know, who's our best player? Thiago Silva, nearly 39 years of age. Who, who, else is, who, who else could be put in a top five of best Chelsea players this season? <laughs> there isn't many. I don't think who else could be put in there. There isn't anyone. I'd honestly
1: put Kante simply for his first half against Tottenham and then Rhys james for you know the goals he contributed and the assists but can has been inj- injured since august reese james has probably only played about eight or nine games and they're considered in our top three players which goes to show how poor the rest of the squad and how inconsistent the rest of the squad is i think the big word is inconsistency i do think mason mount's good but he's inconsistent he has a good, good game against bournemouth then disappears for the next you know five or six then scores again you know once in the blue moon and then but like you said i don't know what his best attribute is because he's not a, Goal score. You know, he doesn't particularly provide us with goals. I think he's only got three goals this season. He doesn't create goals either. Um, I'm, I just don't What's think. We've, what does he do? Have we? We don't have that goal scoring and a midfielder that we've we've had. You know, we had Fabregas, and before Fabregas, we had Juan Mata. Before Juan Mata, we had Frank Lampard. We don't have that anymore. We genuinely don't have yeah. that anymore. We just have these midfielders that just seem content passing the ball amongst themselves in midfield, sideways, backwards. And setting the tempo, which is good. You know, that's fine. But like, until you get us that midfielder that is actually going to provide us with goals, and that's not Mount, that's not Gallagher. They've got three goals and one goal each this season. It's just not good enough. It's not good enough. We need that consistency. We need that, you know, we, we, our recruitment policy has been poor. We haven't replaced Diego Costa. We haven't replaced Diego Costa since 20, 2017. We haven't replaced, replaced Fabregas since 2019. Ugh, I don't know. Like exactly what you said what's the blueprint with this kind of new Bowley takeover what is the blueprint is it just this player is good let's buy him but will he fit in has he spoken to Potter does Potter actually want that player has Potter even given his feedback to Bowley about though you know this player I don't know and even if Potter
0: does give his feedback you look at Cucurella oh god this is I was just, I just about to get onto I was just about to get onto Cucurella because he, he didn't even play he didn't even play yesterday but we could we could talk I know, about him you know, I know. It's just, Ugh. But this is the this is my problem. And I think you know, I'm hearing, and I agree with everyone, what everyone's saying, we need to bring players in. But this isn't FIFA. This is not football manager. You can't just spend 360 million and then expect the owner to spend another 360 million. So you have to use the money wisely. And we're looking at this team. Clearly, it needs fresh blood. It needs new players. We've brought some of those in. You know, I like Carney Chokomeko, who I thought potentially should have started yesterday's game, but mm. another day, another story. Amari Hutchinson, we got, I think, kind on of a free off or for some sort of low, you know, cost to, to Arsenal. But there's players that we can bring into the team. But if we're talking about trying to sustain top four and sustain being in, you know, the first time in 34 years, out of both domestic cups in 34 years, it, some of this has to go on pot. I'm sorry, this is, some people will say that it's hushed because he's only been in the job sh- short term. Um, you know, he's inherited a squad. He's not inherited Wigan. He's inherited Chelsea, a, a club that is still got some good players in it. Let's have it right. Colobali's not. A, a, he's not Titus Bramble. You know, there are some good players in that team, and you know, I'm hearing it. I feel sorry for. I do feel sorry for Potter, but he's under pressure. He's in a big job. This isn't Brighton. You're in a big. You're in a top club now so the, the magnifying is on you every single day not like you can't lose to man city 4-0 and just hide your hands behind your back and go well you know we tried it doesn't work because it's the manner in which we're losing we're not just losing games 4-0 because we tried it, we gave it an effort well done lads city took pity on us in the second half because they could have gone six or seven up and that's the worry. It's not how we, we lose the games. So it's not that we're losing games. It's how we lose the games. That's the worry. And part of it's a five year deal. So my other question to you is: Is he going anywhere? Is, is he, you know how, how how long does everyone tell me we've got to trust him and, and he's he's the man for the job? You know, if we're talking two summers, that's two years into a contract. Some of these players are getting seven year deals. If they sack him and bring in a new manager. The new manager looks at Fafana, or he looks at, if we, you know, we signed Dennis Zacharau, we sign, you know, Kanye, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not keen on them. They're on seven year deals. So we we're, we're back at square one. Aba Rahman, <laughs> Yoko. We're back there because we're on these, Barkley, we're on these big deals. They're going to be taking a wage. Now Mason Mount, who's meant to be getting 300 grand a week soon. If he signs a new deal, where does he, who's, who's going to take him for 300 grand a week? He's on a new deal. So he's here for another six, seven. It's just, it just doesn't work in f- FIFA world. This is not FIFA or football manager where you can just say, right, I need to get rid of Mason Out. He goes, All right, I need to get rid of... It, clubs have got to want him. <laughs> Who's taking Mason out when he's on 300 grand a week? No one. So he's staying at the club. So I think we need a manager that's able to manage this squad. Not, yes, we need new players, but we need to manage the squad we've got now. If he can't do that, then... We're in trouble, a lot of trouble, in my opinion. But yeah, sorry, I'm just ranting. This is a rant, nah. ranting episode. But I just feel that we've 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 set ourselves up to fail, not just with Potter, but how Bowley's handled. Todd Bowley's handled certain situations, giving him a five year deal. Could he not have just offered maybe a, a you know an eighteen with the op- option to extend? I think Hugo has something similar. Frank Lampard had quite a short term contract in him. It was an option to extend, I think, as well. Would that not have made more sense? Really locking someone down for five years? That's not really had to, a club at the top level. Not really played in the Champions League. Hasn't won any domestic stuff. It seems a bit... Trust the process, I'll do it. But when shit hits the fan, I just want everyone to know that we could be out of the top four for a very long time in a couple of seasons, you know? So it's, it's a tough one, but... Give me your assessment on Potter. Sorry, I'm just ranting, but give me your assessment on where Potter goes from now. Obviously, he's got transfer window open now. He's got a five-year deal. Is it right that fans are sort of questioning, is he the right man for the job?
1: I think as fans, we're always inside the sort of opinion and we, we should be questioning the manager. But like I said before, I just don't want to see these comparisons to Tuchel and to you know, the managers we've had in the past because... He's not a two-core. He's not a Antonio Conte. He's never won a big trophy in his career, I believe. Um, and I do think, like I said, I do think he's he's a very likable guy. But in football, he, it's, there's more to being a likable person. You have to, you know, have that winning mentality. And he, like we've spoken about so much, Dodo's comments post-match about the lads gave it their all. I thought, you know, the lads turned he's out today, meme. but we weren't lucky. He's a meme, and he, <laughs> rightly so, as he compared to, to Ole and... I do think it reminds me a lot of the, the Moyes appointment with Manchester United in 2013 after Ferguson, and that didn't end up well. That you know he got sacked in April, I believe. I do, like I said, I do think that if we sack him, we bring someone else in. It's just going to be a merry-go-round. You know, the, the same cycle we've been going on for God knows how many years, and unable to keep a manager for more than two years. So I do agree with the sports capital. I want to give him at least the summer window, and by giving him that, I expect us to finish maybe seventh or eighth. And then, you know, not qualify for any European football, maybe get Conference League if we're lucky. But even, I say lucky, I don't want Conference League. I'd rather not Either have way. it. Yeah. No, and give him, give him, the, give him until the summer. But w- by by saying that, I also want to see just us playing more attractive football. Something to give me a bit of optimism, a bit of hope that we're heading in the right direction. There is maybe a, a 2023, 20, 24 season with Graham Potter to look forward to. Because right now, I'm just not seeing that the games against City, well, we, we we haven't scored, we haven't scored against City since the Champions League final in 2021. The game against Nottingham Forest, I think that's that's one that almost pisses me off more than the City games because we go one nil up and then we just invite Forest back into the game. And this is Nottingham Forest, you know, it's not Manchester City, it's Forest, a team that, you know, in the bottom three. And if anything, I was expecting them to score a second after Serge Aurier yeah, scored yeah. the equaliser. So it's just, I, I want to say let's, trust the process back Potter. But by saying that, I want to see something that can keep us Chelsea fans hopeful and um, optimistic that it is the right thing to say. And right now I'm not seeing it. So come maybe March, April, I'd like you to re-ask me that question and I'll give you my opinion then.
0: I mean, I think one thing that's definitely certain is we need an Enzo Fernandez type of player, in my opinion, in this team. I mean, Kai Havertz, all the will in the world is just not a number nine he hasn't got the strength to play number nine he hasn't got the quality you know he makes really good runs but if you could tell me would I play for Farno who I saw a glimpse of yesterday and felt he actually done more than Kai Havertz when he came on Kai Havertz for me again tell me his best tell me his best attributes tell me what he does really well the ones I've just apart from the ones I've named he doesn't really have any when was his last game that he played well probably Champions League final Porto Yeah it's
2: just, I think he's not, he's, uh,
0: just,
1: he's still living he's off still That immediate. goal in the final yeah. He really
0: is He it gives you a Three out of five Or it gives you You know A one out of five It's very rare it gives you a four Or a five out of five You never get a really good Kai Havertz But you, you, know, you Don't think back to when Kai Havertz played Back to back games And you thought Yeah We've got a player On our hands there or Mason Mount, the same with Mason Mount. Even Kovacic, you know, I credit him all the time on this channel. I always say Kovacic is one of my, my favourite midfielders. I think he's got that energy, you know, he can pick out a pass. But even recently, since the World Cup, Mattel Kovacic has just been coasting. Hakim Ziyech doesn't want to be here. You know, these players are but big money, big wages, big contracts. What club's picking them up? Not many. So I agree with everyone that we need to have an overhaul of the squad and we need to change things and adapt the squad and, you know, I get all of that, but we have to be realistic as well and say that, you know, Todd Bowley signed in certain players for six years. That's a long time to, you know, and passes on a five-year deal. He's a couple of months into his first year. So I'm just wanting to put it out there and have a balanced sort of viewpoint that, yes, I'm all for the process, but we need to see some sort of change from what Tuchel got sacked for which we haven't yes same squad injuries I get it but at least the football has to be worthwhile sacking the previous manager and that at the moment is where I'm trying to get across to certain Chelsea fans that we're not even seeing anything where you can go right yeah Tuchel was probably part of the problem yes the players are the problem but you still have to get a tune out of them and that's the thing that's worrying me that he's not even getting he's not even getting the team to get the ball at the right end of the pitch and kids four five-year-olds are being taught that on, on Sunday league pitches across England. And that worries me. So yes, it was Man City, but this is a problem that's beyond Man City, beyond the FA Cup. Um I'm with you. I want to give him time. I want to give him the two windows, but I just, at the moment, I can't see it. And until I see something change, uh, he's not the man for me. He's not, he just he's not that he, nice guy. The boys played well. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time, Mr. Potter, but not for me. Not until I see any change. I can't, I can't back it. I can't. I've tried to, I've tried to, you know, in WhatsApps and you know, I've spoken to you as well. Mm-hmm. I just can't back it. I can't. I'll watch Chelsea. I support my club and that's it. I don't support managers. I don't support players, support the club. So, pick and thin. So I'll watch the games. I'll try and get to them if I can, or, but, Managers come and go, players come and go. I just can't back him. Mm. I've I've stunned Theo into silence. (laughs) No,
1: no, no, I I do. I completely agree with everything you've said. I completely agree. Um, I just never thought we'd be kind of talking about wanting a manager out in a way or not backing a manager. What is it? Three or four months after appointing him. It's, It's scary, but it just goes to show how shocking the football's been, even in 2015, 2016 that abysmal season we had i think yeah yeah yeah. we i don't know there was some kind of glimmer i think we made it you know in the round of 16 of the champions league and there was something about it i think we made it quite far in the fa cup but this year there's just yeah there's nothing there's nothing to look forward to like you said first time out of both first rounds of the domestic cups in 35 years or so um are probably licking their lips watching chelsea right now um exploiting all our problems you know writing it down and then it's 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 yeah um i still i'm going to stand with what i said i will i want to kind of revisit this question and maybe march april but if i don't see any improvement, like you said managers come and go and there's a few suitable um, candidates waiting out there the likes of poch Zidane, luis enrique who i think maybe have that bit more experience than than graham potter but five years we're only a couple months into his first year I, i want to stay optimistic but we've got to see five something years. to give us that hope. I know I don't like saying it. It's it's oh, a it's a ludicrous years. it's a ludicrous contract to get to a manager especially um when we see the problems we've had at Chelsea. But I think bowley has got that track record of, you know, backing managers in his um in the American franchises he owns. So I think that's maybe why he did it and um maybe he even accepted that this the first season was going to be a bit dire like this um but it's just crazy to think let's accept that we're playing poorly after you've just spent 350 million or so that's what that's i just exactly find crazy
0: uh, Hit the money hit the nail on the head right there that is what i'm trying to get across to people We spent money and we still look worse than we did when potter wasn't in charge and that's the worry that we we're not even playing you, and people say some of them are youth players but sterling's not kukare is not koulibaly's not they're not they're not youth players they're not the, the Meccas of the, the new they the the players that should fit into a team and be able to do well. And Koulibaly is worse than Andreas Christensen. I mean, Kukur- he Kukurana's may as well be may as well get yeah. Titus Bramble in the squad now and bring him in. Because yeah. Koulibaly just doesn't look... You know, Gallagher, another one, he just doesn't... They just don't fill me with joy when I see him on the pitch. And, you know, Gallagher's always one tackle away from a yellow card and Just he's got all the intentions of playing well and impressing the manager, but there's ways of doing it. Don't just run around and just do something. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's try and let's, let's be positive. We've got a game on Thursday, big game as well, massive game. Um, I always say this must win, it is a must win game, but we've got Fulham. Give me your thoughts on that game. And also as well, I mean, obviously the new players have now got squad numbers. Um, One thing I do want to quickly raise though is there was talk this morning that Fafana may still go out on loan, which is kind of backing up what you said to me over the weekend. Why play him if his intentions is to go on loan? Apparently the reports are this morning that Graham Potter and Todd Bowley will have the final discussions and decisions around Fafana whether he goes out on loan. So if we are stuck with Patrick Abamian. And Kai Havertz going up front. Give me your thoughts about Fulham and who was sitting above us in the league at the moment. Mitrovic seems on fire. Going into that game, it's a must win. Mitrovic is on fire, but I think he's suspended
1: um, for the game, which is... Great for us, but in fact, it doesn't, means, matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It probably means De- Decladova Reed, William, Dan James will, will find their goal against us instead. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm a bit confused about the Fafana one. I don't really know if he's he's got a part to play for the next six months or if he'll be sent out on loan. I remember when we signed him. I think it was reported that PSV Eidenhoven were interested in, um, in in taking him on loan. But can he be much worse than Havertz and? and Bama yang i don't think so so i think we know we need our options especially with broja out for the foreseeable future i think we do need that third striker but i don't think we can rely on a 20 year 20 year old who's only played in the norwegian league to you know get us into the top 4 you know push us or mount a bit of a a, a second part of the season kind of um, bounce being bounced but i don't think that's the right thing um Going to the Fulham game, like you said, it's a must win game. It's a West London derby. They're above us. They've got momentum. They've got a brilliant manager. Um, I remember watching them and I watched, I went to Craven Cottage for one of their pre season games in the summer against Villarreal. And they were poor. They were really poor. Um, But then I think a lot of their signings have now clicked. I think it's uh, Palinia, their midfielder, Williams playing some brilliant football. Um, their goalkeeper Leno's you know having a brilliant uh, brilliant season after you know being warming the bench last year at uh, at Arsenal I think they'll be up for it I think they'll be up for it and they're probably the favourites going into this fixture um, and I think you, know, you know, we used to say last year oh, we don't know which Chelsea will turn up it could be the one you know that played Real Madrid and had that brilliant game at the Bernabeu or it could be the one that will getting thumped by Brentford whereas this year we know what Chelsea is going to turn up it's the this lackluster Chelsea that will have 70% of the ball but not a single kind of shot on target or not a single kind of, you know, uh, penetration into the box. And I think our XG against City, I think you sent it to me, was zero, no, 0.1. And then in the first half, it was 0.0. How can you score goals if your XG is that low? I mean, I'm not a stats, you know, stats master or stat man Dave or anything like this, but it's, it's abysmal. It's abysmal. And I think. Um, yeah, I am not I'm not optimistic. I go into Chelsea games now like with this mentality of, Oh, we're gonna lose, but let's just hope we we pick up a point or something happens. But that's not all right, you know. That's not right. We we only win in the Champions League a year or two ago. We were in the top four last year. We've got we're still playing Champions League knockout football in February, and now we're expecting to lose against Fulham. It's it's not right. It just doesn't sit well. But I'm expecting a really tough game, nevertheless. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm worried because I think if we lose this and I think it's... It might be... It's Crystal Palace and Villa who sitting below us. Now, if they win their next two games or their next game, go above us. That means we'll, we'll be, I think, 13th or 12th in the league. Now, not just the league position, but mentally for the players, for the manager, that's tough when you're sitting in the bottom half of the table. You, know, you mentioned earlier around you know potentially getting at best, you know, conference league football or even missing out on that. But I think once you're in the bottom half of the table, there's there's teams down there that are literally fighting to get out of, you know, the bottom half themselves or move away from relegation who will be up for those games. If they see Chelsea down in that bottom half of the table, they'll be up for games. They'll be they'll be thinking this is our time to strike while the Iron's hot and, and try and get um you know it, it, yeah get get involved. But um Chris is asking to get involved. I don't know how to do
2: that. Uh, Is it a case of me just posting the link in? Not sure. Give it a go.
0: Come and have you say, Chris. The link should be in there now. But yeah, I just think if we lose to Fulham mentally, what does that do to to the players? What does that do to the manager? You know, it's a big game and you know you said Mitrovic is out, but you can bet your bottom dollar William might just um I mean he's just soft lawyer is and so William comes in and, and does does a good job. Um but yeah, the I, I'm I'm just like you now. I think I've checked out for this season. Um I'm hoping for a win, but I just you know the XG, I just don't know where it's gonna come from. I really don't. Um but let's let's quickly ask Chris what his thoughts are.
2: Are you there, Chris? Well, yeah, what's going on, lads? How are we? Not oh, too good. bad, Thanks, Chris. I do. Well, I, I'm annoyed still because I just I just don't see the direction. And I mean, I'm, we, we kept getting told that it's a long-term vision, it's a long-term project, but at the same time, you look at the situation at the moment, is that what the players are hiding behind? Is that what Potter's hiding behind? Because what? Are we just going to What do we just give up now? No, that's not good for a a club like Chelsea. And look, I'm going to be honest, I never wanted Potter at the start. You'll never ever find me saying I wanted Potter in. But I understood that it was going to be a new direction. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure the owners could have appointed a manager with experience at the top level and with the, the capabilities of handling pressure. Now, of course, Potter's not ever had a track record of that because if you go seven games winless at Brighton, with all due respect to Brighton, you're not under pressure. You go something. I look at him. Look at it now. Look at well, what one win in ten games at Chelsea, and these people are calling for his head. It's totally different expectations. And you know, I seen today a statement saying that the owners are going to give him time, and the owners are going to give him. They, they are. They what is it? They're confident that he can t- turn the club's form around. I'm not. I'm really not. And the players. Look, I'm not just saying it's all uh, Graham Potter, by the way, but I think it's a mixture of you know 95% of the players are a joke at Chelsea, but at the same time though, that doesn't excuse the fact that certain managers have have came in, like the Tuchels, like the Lampers that had a transfer ban, and still got the best out of the players, and Potter and his backroom team, uh, they are not getting the best out of the players. And Bowley, going forward, he needs to start letting people that know football start making the decisions. It's an absolute shambles, lads, and to be honest, you know, this guy, in my opinion, is going to be given a window and he's going to be given a window, but then I reckon this time next year, he's not going to be there and it's just going to be a waste of time. This whole talk about a long-term vision when we need someone now that can handle the the majority of the Deadwood we've got and Graham Potter, I don't even think the players are playing for him. I don't think they respect him enough to to turn that around. It's a, it's a shambles.
0: Who, who who would you get in, Chris? If if it gets sat to me, you mentioned you know, Lewis Enrique, Zinedine Zidane, maybe your potuccino's out there as well. But I mean, this is this has to be a long term project. I just and I agree with you. I don't think Graham Potter for me would have been my first choice appointment at all because he's just not. What's he? What 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 are we using as a, a benchmark? As Graham Potter is the guy to do this job? You no, know, it's a massive job. You've got to get rid of dead woods. You've got to yeah. bring in new players, get them playing well, and still effectively retain top four status
2: as the club so who comes in I mean who would you bring in Um, look I think you know in these situations I think it's more a case of thinking logical and in this moment in time if you get a manager in it's going to be the same situation so instead of getting a manager in now uh, you know let's face it the season's shit the season's done the season was done in September when we got rid of a world class manager so in my opinion, what I would do, I would keep Potter to the end of the season. I would sack him then. And then when we get a manager in, my my choice of manager would be like an NWK, but then I'm looking at managers like we've had before, as in Conte. And people are going to say he's not a long-term manager, but Conte has been proven that if you back him and you give him money... He's going to get your results, and I don't like how people are judging, are judging his performance at Spurs because, like, let's face it, it was always a big mistake him going there. I'm thinking along the terms of that because, look, I'm all for the long-term vision, and I'm all for that. But at the same time, people are saying this—you know—the hiring and firing was a mistake, but it still got us a lot of success. But we had a manager there that was for the long term, and that was Tuchel. That's not going to happen. They're not going to, you know, you know, put their egos to the side and get Tuchel back in. So, my opinion. I would get the likes of an Enrique, a Conte, someone along that class who's been at the top, has the experience of handling the egos, and get that done. But, uh, I won't put it out now, but it's it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. He's going to be there to the end of the season. And, for me, it's just not good. It's just not good.
0: No, it's not. It's not at all. And, I think, I echo a lot of what you said there. So, um, appreciate you jumping on and, and, and giving your views as well and obviously love the, the display picture the uh, uh viali You know even definitely... that as well
2: lads as well I just want to say that like I know like is that I know we're in a bad run of form as well now and you know that should give the players motivation to get it potter to get it right tactical etc but even t- even yesterday was the first game since Vialli passed and we couldn't even put in a performance just for that reason. It's a shambles mate exactly. everything's exactly. a shambles. But mate thanks for having me on thanks for you for listening mate and yeah up the chills can't wait for the fantastic yeah. season ahead woo woo <laughs> no, cheers Chris
0: Chris, thanks, thanks for joining Feel- but um, yeah I, I agree with a lot of what Chris said you know um, a lot a lot of good stuff there but let's get back to Fulham before we wrap up let's um, get your predictions in I don't think should we even do a prediction I mean we could predict and it'd be totally different but I I I've rather than a scoreline I think we just need to see a better performance we need to see some actual tactical awareness from every single player on that pitch and doing something with the ball so instead of backwards sideways passing back to Kepa we need to see something from from now until the end of the season and I think predictions you know you could predict until the cows come home but until we see something in terms of results on the pitch it's doesn't really matter does it we just need to see the performances
1: completely agree yeah i mean it's all good giving predictions but like i say, if we can't even touch the ball in the opposition's penalty box or or mount something better than a zero xg then we're not going to get any goals so if you were to get predictions it'd probably be something to fulham and
0: get the ball in the other end
1: yeah That's i think we thing. should give predictions for shots on target this time instead of score lines and yeah. um, that that'd be a good start but yeah um it's a must win like we always say and I'm worried um like you said um you say we've got a game to look forward to on Thursday I'm not looking forward to watching Chelsea anymore it's really and it, it pains me to say that um but like we just got to hope for the best and I think once we maybe get one win it should give us a bit of momentum and confidence to you know get some more wins until obviously we get um our injured players back um I think um not his cheeks back in training. I'm not, I'm thinking I might've seen that show back in training as well. I think, you know, every day that goes by is a day closer to Rhys James coming back and being fit if he can stay fit. Um, So yeah, those are some things we have to kind of try to stay optimistic about as well.
0: Not, not in the episodes on a downer, but Christian Pulisic is out for a couple of weeks now as well. So (laughs) as much as we're getting players back, we're also adding to the injury list at the same time as well, which is a downer. But, Like you say, let's, let's try and stay positive. I've had my second free session in one day. Um, so I feel a bit better. Um, but guys, if you're listening or you listen on the audio version, make sure you hit the link tree link in the description. That will take you to all the social accounts as well. Don't forget to subscribe and smash the likes as well. Um, and again, anyone who's interacted with the channel today, thank you very much for doing so. Theo, as always, thank you very much for joining. Um, Positivity from yourself has definitely calmed me down from yesterday. So thank you very much for that. Episode 77 from the Shed End. Until next time, thank you for watching and stay safe.